Shmuel, we're discussing the death of Agag. So let's go back to the holding past Pasuk Namad Gimel, Pasuk Namad Beis. Shmuel asks them to bring him Agag, and we saw Vayelech Alav Agag Madanes. We saw an argument between the Mephoshim, what that means, does it mean that Agag came from being pampered, from being well treated by the Jewish people? And then he came very confident that he'd been looked after well. Or does it mean that he came in chains? Uh, so yeah, uh, Targ Anderson says he was in a funk, he would be been pampered. And we saw Adam of Arshim explain it, that a guy came brought in chains. In chains, and this is very significant to the next passage. Because we saw that the next point is when a guy sees Shmuel, so he says to him, And we saw a number of interpretations what a guy meant, and we asked the question yesterday, what was Agag trying to say? Why is it important? And why is it important for the Rabbi to tell, tell this to us? Okay, so we're going to follow the story on each of the different interpretations of the Mephoshim and explain the sequence of events. So let's first go with the Mephoshim who explained that when Agag said Achein Sar Marimavis, so he explains it, that, that uh, I know that I'm going to die. The way that the Mashmos is actually explains it, which means I'm going to die. And on the pasuk, the end of pasuk, the base, a guy's comment is, "I'm not going to die." So what is he trying to say? What is he trying to say uh, to to Shmuel? So Mufashim was explained to this beforehand. Agrasha explains that he was talking about a guy who had been well treated by the Jewish people. Why had he been well treated? He was a Namalekin. So we saw there was a debate whether or not Agag really was Chayim as a Malik or not. But he was a king, and as a captive king, so the Jewish people treated him, treated him well. They were unsure yet what to do with him, but uh, in the meantime he had been well treated by them. So, okay, I, when Agag comes to Shmuel, and he said, I know that you're going to kill me, basically, as was the custom, Definitely in the, in the ancient times, even more recently, it was to, like to be killed in battle. An honorable death was like a hero's death. Mm-hmm. So Agag said, I'm, I'm not scared to die. I'm going to, I'm willing to die as a proud king of Amalek. If you, I'm not scared, like, you know, I'm going to be killed and I'm happy to die. That's an honorable way to, so to speak, to, to end to my career. Um, like, it was the, the, the Romans were exactly the same. The, to die an honorable death in the battlefield or was uh, considered a, a pride. Like a person died as a soldier, he wasn't a slave. So basically what Agag was saying was, um, you, you're, not, you're not scaring me because uh, I'm, I'm happy to die like as, as, as Agag the king, just like I was treated until now royally as Agag the king, even though I was a captive, I'm happy to die as a king. What does that mean, die as a king? In other words, uh, it was considered a way to kill a king, was obviously uh, more... Uh, so to speak, a distinguished way of killing someone, and uh, it, was, it was a pride. And then we had it very recently, uh, even when they killed the Nazis, the ones that managed to catch a knife, and they hung him, they like saluted and died, Hail Hitler, they died like a, it was like an honor, to, so to speak, no. for them. So a guy said the same thing, yeah, I'm not scared to die, I'm going to die as a proud soldier of a monarch. We have to a million times with no Sadiqim Hudan al Kiddush Hashem. So they were proud to die as Yidin al Kiddush Hashem. So that's why Shmuel's response was I'm not going to give you an honorable death. 
I'm, 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 I'm judging you like a criminal. And that's what Shmuel says to him. I'm not, I'm not killing you like a king. I'm not giving you a state uh, execution as a king would deserve. No, you're a, you're a low criminal. You killed people, I'm killing you as a murderer. And that's why Shmuel gives him the response. Just like you used to kill people for nothing, I consider you a vile murderer and I'm going to kill you like a murderer. No pump, no ceremony, no honor. And that's going to it'll take away any honor that you thought you were going to get in being given, so to speak, a real execution. And that's why it says, not just that he said that he told it to him, also by Yashasif Shmuel Zagagi, he cut it to pieces, which again was a, was a, not the royal way to kill somebody, which would be maybe to kill them in a more painless method. It was, I don't know, it was a way that they'd kill a traitor. And as again, we know historically that's what they used to do. Uh, there was a punishment, in, even in the Middle Ages, which is a long time after this, of having somebody drawn in quarters, which means cut into pieces. And that was a, a, punish, a, a debt reserved for criminals. So Shmuel did the same thing. He told the guy, do you think you're going to die uh, like as a king? And I went, no, on the contrary, I'm, I'm, I'm killing you like a criminal. That's uh, the first shot in the exchange between them. That's, that's the first explanation. The second explanation is the other way around. And that is, Agag had been in captives, he had been in chains. And when Agag sees Shmuel, so Agag said, I was scared you were going to torture me. I'm scared that now you can take me as a captive, you're going to torture me. And now that I see I'm going to get killed, I'm happy to die. I'd rather die than get tortured. Um, that's one of explaining the second shot. And therefore not saying, I know I'm going to die, but he's saying, I'm happy to die. Simon made me It's not. It's not. It's not a threat for me to die on the contrary. I was more scared I'd be kept alive to be tortured. And that's what you see, it wasn't an uncommon thing. Because you see later on at the end of the Sefer Shemalif, that's exactly what Shaul was scared of. When Shaul was scared that the petition would capture him, he was scared they were going to torture him. And that's why he said, I'd rather get killed rather than be, be used to torture. So that's what, so that's what Agag says to Shmuel and says, I'm happy you're going to kill me. I, I, I would rather die than be tortured. Um, there's, there are back takes to uh, another, another step, and he says that Agag went even more than that. And Agag said that I thought that I'd take him out of my cell, I'm going to meet the executioner, I'm going to meet the hangman, and I knew I was going to get killed, but now I said, I'm meeting the Navi. So Agag said, you know, maybe I'm not going to die. So then he says the next that Sari many Mara Mavis means that maybe it wasn't the Navi's job to kill people. And on the contrary, the Navi was a holy person, the Navi was an exalted person. So Gag said, if I'm meeting you, obviously I'm not going to get killed. Because uh, he didn't think the Nobis was going to be killed. And that's what Shmuel answers him. According to this, the answer of Shmuel is that, no, it's uh, Adab. I want to be the one to kill you because according to this, it's a mitzvah to kill. He was a mitzvah to do it. And then Shmuel said, I came to do it myself. Now, what was the mitzvah? This goes back to what we said before. If the mitzvah was to, as Mechia Samarek, and this was Shmuel wanted to become a part of the mitzvah too. And then that's what I wanted to do. I want to kill. I want to also be a in the mitzvah of killing a malik, and that's why Shmuel himself wants to be the one to carry it out. And we'll see. There's a big nafkamin in this in a moment. And the other option is that uh, Shmuel said that he was a kilo and a shemayim meant to be a god adam. That really Shaul was meant to have done the job, but when Shaul didn't do the job, so Hashem sent him, and I'm going to be the one to do it instead. And as even the guy might have thought that meeting Shmuel means he wasn't going to get killed, Shmuel says, no, on the contrary. Um, I, I, want to be, I, I came especially because I want to be the one to kill you. Shmuel could have instructed anybody else to do it. He wanted to admit to himself. That's the second time. And this brings us to a very big question which a lot of the boys can ask. 
And that is, as you know beforehand, the Mishnah says at the end of Nazir, according to one of the opinions in the name, Shmuel was a Nazir. When, uh, when the Apostles of Meir, Rayal, and Roshay, which what kind of promise, his mother promised before he was born, that a rays would never touch his head, Shmuel was a Nazir. And if Shmuel was a Nazir, it's also for a Nazir to become Tommy to Mason. So the Lord of the Apostles asked the question, how is Shmuel allowed to kill Agag? Why is it being a Tommy to Mason? And he's not, not, not allowed to be Tommy to Mason. So, and the question was, would be... If he was a Nazir from birth, does that make him a Nazir Shimshan? No, it's different. If he's a Nazir Aylam, then he's also a Tommy to Mason. If he had been a Nazir Shimshan, then he'd be allowed to be a Tommy to Mason. But we don't find anyone that says Shmuel is a Nazir Shimshan. The Mashmuel says if he was not, he was a Nazir Aylam. So then we asked him to be a Tommy to Mason. And then how could Shmuel kill Agak? And uh, like some of the folks can say, it wasn't a myth and nobody else could do. Uh, why did it have to be Shmuel? Why, why couldn't anybody else kill Agak? He could have just been a Tommy anyway, he could have killed And he could have overseen it without having to attach him himself. So why is it a mutter for a Nazir to be a himself uh, in a case where there's no khiyah to do it? Somebody else could have done the same job. That's the question the Farshim asked. Now, I'll tell you what some of the Farshim answer. Um, they want to give it a halakhic answer, and uh, I, it's, uh, I don't understand the answer halakhically. I don't know what it means. I'll tell you what they say. We said it's Harishmo Karagag, so they cut him to pieces. By Shastik means they cut him up, they didn't kill him. So they said like this. The Farshim say, maybe that explains why Shmuel killed Agag in such a manner. Mm-hmm. Because if he would have killed him, then Agag would have been Tommy Mace. And then by the sword would have been Tommy Mace, and Shmuel would have been Tommy Mace. But by cutting off pieces of him less than a whole aver at a time, so we know that the dinner of his aver mina mace is the tummy, which means a whole arm, a whole leg, a whole limb of a, de- of a living person is tummy, but a piece of a living person is not tummy. But if he cuts off the limb while he's still alive, it's not tumas mace. Is so it? if the lachi is a whole limb can be tummy tumas mace, never, uh-huh. but a piece of skin or a piece of bone isn't. And therefore, if he cut off pieces of a gut uh, one at a time, so then each piece was less than the share of a whole aver, and each piece wouldn't be metamehim. Uh, so that's why Shmuel wanted to kill Agag, but at the same time Shmuel didn't want to become Tommy Mace, so the only way to do that would be to chop Agag into pieces, each piece by itself wouldn't be enough to metamehim. Well, oh, but the problem is, he died as a result. So one has to say, if you went to Israel, exactly what I wanted to ask, at some stage Agag died. So what you have to say is that Agag must have died after the last time Shmuel cut him up. In other words, it wasn't he cut him completely into pieces. He cut off enough of him that eventually he died. Yeah, he had to cut off three pieces, and so he, then we'll have four pieces left. Well, he had cut off smaller pieces than a whole ever each time. And at some stage, either from a loss of blood or a loss of whatever, however much of him it was, Agag died, but it wasn't Shmuel actually uh, was killing him with the, at, at the stage that he died. What if he cut, he killed, he cut off the pieces Indirectly, like with the guillotine, well, and that, you put a string in it. Yeah, but that's not what happened. He used the sword. He actually took a sword. He took a sword and he, and, he, and he killed him with the sword. But he didn't, like I say, he didn't kill him with one movement that of killed him. Rather, by cutting off pieces of him one at a time, each one less than the shield of a couple of So that way, he got the guy to die. And they would also explain halakhically why Shmuel would have chosen this method. Minachai. It's not a whole gid, it doesn't also good to my thumb, it's not everything together. But that just means that, a guy, that he didn't cut a guy completely up into pieces. Obviously, he must have left enough of him that he would have still been a. It wouldn't have been a chaylek, which is a kabul tumma, of what he touched. So he was a guy as a guy, right. 
obviously this happened outside as well, so you would tell me what did that side. Okay, so whatever the whatever the side was, that's what they gave a halachic reason uh, why Shmuel killed him in such a way. And it was a way to at one on one hand kill Agag, on the other hand uh, not become Tommy Mace. Okay, that's the second chat. The third chat we saw, and this is something which taught to just a principle, which maybe it's a little bit hard for us to accept, uh, but we see we'll bring proof that there is this is true. And that is the third part is a chat which the Targum says, and when Agag said to him, is he asked him, please don't give me a painful death. He asked him, uh, don't, don't make it a bitter death. Yes, kill me, kill me in a painless way. And Agag asked him, and why wouldn't Shmuel comply with that? Why would the Shmuel Dafka look for a way of killing him, which was not a painless death in the country, to be chopped into pieces, a very painful death? Why would the, why would the, why wouldn't Shmuel have given him what he asked for? Because the guy's a murderer. So, oh, so and uh, he not deserve it, but we see a Yisrael over here. The Gemara says that it's also the Rachem and Achzarim. It's also to have mercy on cruel people. Uh, and uh, Shol was this is exactly what one of the things was said against Shol that he had mercy by Yachmo Shol and Agag. He had mercy on Agag, and that's a bad thing to do. Uh, if a person has mercy on merciful people, that's mercy in its proper place. If a person has mercy on cruel people, that's a mistake. A person is meant to be cruel to them. Why? Why? We're not talking about a case of a person being merciful in the extent that they're going to let the person off, like leave him alone, and then perhaps maybe later on uh, a cruel person is going to take revenge. He's not going to repay your kindness. And uh, that's exactly what the Pewit says in Purim. Let me say about Haman that he, that he had no gratitude to show. Shaul saved his ancestors' life, and that's how Shahamar was born. And instead of being grateful, he wants to kill all Shaul's descendants. Well, cruel people aren't going to reciprocate kindness. So don't try to be kind to them because it's going to just turn against you. And unfortunately, here in Israel, said it a number of times when uh, soldiers have thought that this you know, harmless old Arab man, this harmless Arab lady, or my punisher, and she turned out to be the one who gave them away and got them killed. So, uh, for sure, in a situation like that, that uh, being marachim on somebody means you're going to spare their life, so the Chalakha says, don't do it. And they're going to be cruel back. You can't rely on them to repay a kindness. So he's also to be kind to them. You, it's just going to work against you. But here he's going to kill Agag anyway. So why, why, what's, why is there Indian also to be marachim on him when they're killing him anyway? So this brings us to a bigger side. This idea of why it's also to be marachim on an Aqsa. And... This brings us also to how some of the Rishonim, such as Ismaq, and others explain the mitzvah of remembering a malik. And so the is something similar also. And the Rishonim said not just to remember a malik dies, but v'chayev lo'oyer sin osay v'libayna. We have to work on hating him. We have to work on hating him. In other words, not just that we remember him and we have to remember to eventually destroy him, no, it, uh, the thoughts of Amalek should fill us with disgust, should fill us with hatred, should fill us with just like the loathing that we want to do something to him. And like he says, the Oris and also the that we should feel we want to punish him, we want to we want to attack him, we want to we want to uh, to, to avenge what Amalek did wrong. Why is it like that? So here's the Yisad. And that is because if a person and this is what we're going to see in saying what Shmuel says to him also, and that is if a person feels compassion for somebody cruel, then in some way they come to justify what that person does. Hey, there, there, come on. In some way they justify what that person did wrong. 
No, yeah, he's I don't want to hurt him. So but it's not so bad. He doesn't really deserve it. No, I feel sorry for him. So I have to somehow whitewash or justify or lessen the severity of his act because that's part of the thing you're sorry for him. If he is such a terrible person, if he's such a mass murderer, if he's such a psychopath, if he's such a someone who doesn't deserve anything, so why why would you feel sorry for such a person? And therefore the feeling sorry for him really comes it's not so bad, maybe he just made a mistake, maybe he didn't really mean it. In other words, part of the feeling sorry for somebody comes with the justification of what they did. And that's bad. Bad is bad, and we don't come and justify it. And if it, just to make it more real, if we would have been alive at the time, and we would have had the position after the Second World War to catch a Nazi, and you'd fall on your feet and grovel and say, please, I beg of you, spare my life. Right? Part of being miraculous, but, but he's a person who killed hundreds of people. But he was a cruel God who, who slaughtered children. How can he spare this person's life like that? If you're going to start feeling sorry for him, the mechanism is going to start to be to somehow lessen the severity of what he did. And there's, uh, maybe he was following orders, maybe he didn't really mean it, maybe he wasn't in the guard duty, maybe, who knows what. Right? It's coming to lessen. Part of the justification to feel sorry for somebody is to minimize how bad they are. And that's also. We don't minimize wrath. If someone did bad, we punish him for the bad. And if it means to be cruel, then you have to be cruel. To be miracle and achzorim is bad, to, so to speak, to make light of how bad the crime was. Because that's part of the process of how a person uh, would look to over, overlook a crime, to forgive the person, whatever, or to be so sorry for him. And that's what Shmuel says to I says, you want me to feel sorry for you? And if that means to give you the most painless death I can, exactly the opposite. If I'm going to do that, then I'm going to somehow... Uh, minimize how bad you are. And I'm not going to do that. I think of you as a murderer. And that's what Shmuel says. I'm remembering all the crimes you did. I know what an evil person you are. I know what a murderer you are. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a death which is going to make me feel exactly how much you deserve. And that's, what, that's why he gives the Haktamah. I'm going to do the same to you. And why does he bring his mother into it? Because normally that would be a way to ask for mercy. Now think of my poor mother. How is she going to feel if you kill me? Uh, no, there's no mercy. There's no mercy. If a person is a criminal, they deserve to be punished. And I'm going to think about how bad you are, and I'm going to punish you, and not show you mercy. And that's what Shmuel, Shmuel tells him. And uh, that's, that's a general principle. We see this in other times in the Nach as well. For example, let's remind ourselves of the, the story at the beginning of Sefer Shaftim. There was somebody called Adoni Bezek. Adoni Bezek was an extremely cruel person. And like we saw, he says himself, that there were, I think it was 85 kings, he said, used to like lick food under my table. Why? Because whenever he conquered the king, he cut off his hands and his feet. So the king, that person couldn't walk anymore, he couldn't use his hands anymore. So how would they eat? They would have to like kind of on their knees or their, or their elbows, kind of you know, scrounge on the floor to pick up with their, with their mouths, pick up food because they didn't have hands. So that's, that's the ultimate like uh, way to, to, to degrade a person. He has to eat in the floor like an animal. And the Zionists did that to 85 kings. So the Jewish people caught the Zionists. They did the same thing to him. They did the same thing to him. Oh, it's cruel, it's torture. Yes, he deserves it. And don't feel sorry for him. We're not trying to minimize a crime. If a person is a bad person, he deserves to be punished. And we don't want to uh, accept a crime. We don't want to minimize the crime. That's what he did. That's what he deserves. And that's exactly why you should. I mean, that's Neil at the time. That's, that's how they punished him. And it was deserved. And you're going to find out that David and Melech also. When he was dealing with people who were cruel, he, he treated them cruelly. It goes against the middle of Klai Yisrael. It goes against the middle of Klai Yisrael to be Rachmanin. And there's a certain guidance that a person needs when Rachmanin is called for its good. 
our Rahmanus isn't called for it's bad. Then Nakshal. Yes, Mirachim on the on Agag, it was bad. Obviously Agag must have like we said convinced him somehow to feel sorry for him to to spare him, not to kill him, whatever the case was, it was bad. And that's how Shmuel himself says no. Shmuel the Navi, Shmuel the Tzadik, Shmuel the person who would never hurt another person, would never take advantage of a person, I'm going to be the one to kill Agag. Because there's a mitzvah to Ma'ira Sinna, which means when it comes to evil, we're going to we, we have to develop that middah to, to treat evil as with evil, to treat it with cruelty, not to feel sorry for someone like that. And that's exactly why we have the whole discussion. A guy asked according to Targum, please spare me, give me an easy death. And Shmuel says, no, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to remember your crimes. I'm going to remember what you did to other people. And that's why I'm going to kill you the way you deserve. And it's the same thing. If we would have been in the position and we'd have caught somebody who was a mass murderer of Jewish people, no, you're going to kill them? Don't give them an easy death. On the contrary, show cruelty. It's, we don't want to minimize the crime, we want to show that a person is cruel, deserves to be treated the same way. And this is a point not just of having to deal with the Russia. You must understand, this is a point of, of, of Ikra Yamuna. Because people often have the question, like, we know there's Gehinnom. And Gehinnom is not fun. Gehinnom is painful. Gehinnom is torture. And it's any worse than anything that this world can have. The Malachi Chavala, we come to punish a person, and to burn them alive, whatever it's going to be. Whatever Chazal tells us about how bad Gehinnom is, it is, it's bad. And people suffer there. And people have a question, how can it be? Hashem is such a Rachman, Hashem is so kind, Hashem is so good to everybody. What, Hashem is allowing Gehinnom to happen? He doesn't feel sorry for these people? Okay, they did bad, okay, so what? But Lemaise, feel sorry for them, they're suffering. And that's a big mistake. We aren't the Rachman Achzari. They deserve it. And if they deserve it, they deserve to be there. And Hashem the Rachman made Gehinnom. And Hashem had all the punishments of Gehinnom, and people suffering Gehinnom. They suffer worse than they could possibly suffer here. The Gedolim said at the time that the reason why all the, wor- the worst of the Nazis, they all died, of, they killed themselves, was because if they had been killed by other people, it would have somehow lessened how much Hashem could punish them in Shemshemai. They were killed. But like this, no, they killed themselves. So there's nothing, there's nothing to minimize the amount of punishment they're going to get, and they're going to get it. And they're going to suffer for every single Jew that they touch, and it's 100% deserved. And people come around and think, look how he's suffering, look how he's screaming, look at the pain. How can Hashem as a Rahman do that? We have no questions. We have no questions. Having Rachman doesn't mean we whitewash a crime. Doesn't mean we feel that's not so bad. There's Gehinnom and there's Rishonim who get punished. They deserve their punishment. Akadosh Baruch is the one giving them, and it's 100% deserved. And that's the Yisod here also. If a person deserves punishment, especially in a case like this, we're talking about Amorak. We're talking about Hashem told them, go kill them, destroy them. Don't feel sorry for them. They don't deserve it. So then we're not allowed to feel sorry for them. And if it means to treat them with cruelty, that's what that's that's the right way to do it. And that's exactly why Shmuel wanted to do it himself. Like I said, he could have found somebody else. No. He wants to make sure he's going to do it in the way it's meant to be done. And he was probably Choshesh. I'm saying this is a possibility. That after the way he had seen how the Jewish people had treated Agag until then, if I told them to kill him, they're going to kill him nicely. It's not the right thing. We're going to, kill him. We're going to tear him to pieces. We're going to treat him with cruelty because that's what's deserved. There's even another Chazal. Which Chazal's going to be cut him to pieces and then he fed him to an ostrich. And the answer is, it's just an added element of cruelty. In other words, an ostrich is called a cruel bird. Let me know. And it is. And the idea is that it wasn't even going to bury him with a state funeral afterwards for a king. No, you're going to feed you to ostriches. You're going to get disappeared. That's part of the, the, the punishment which he deserved. And Shmuel didn't relent. That's what he got. That's, that, that's, what's, that's what's the din of showing cruelty to the cruel. That's what that was. That that that's the way we have to deal with Amalek.
that's uh, as far as Agar goes. Let's think the other way around. Think of the impression made on the Jewish people. If Shaul had treated Agag well, so in Klai Yisrael's eyes, they probably lessened the way that they felt about Amalek. You know, he's still a king, and you have to treat him with respect, even if he's a captive or whatever else. Mm-hmm. That lessens the way we have to think about Amalek. Shmuel wants to restore the way you think about Amalek. Bring me that king. I'll show you how I treat him. And that was, this was in front of the whole of Yisrael. Let them see that this is the way to deal with Amalek. Okay, so that's why Shmuel did what he did, and that was, uh, and we saw three different explanations of the reason why, firstly, the discussion between Shmuel and Agag, and the reason why Shmuel killed him the way that. Having done that, Shmuel has done his mission, Shmuel goes back to his house and gives Shmuel. It's interesting that the Novi doesn't have to happen to all the sheep. What happened to all of them? All the sheep which Shmuel said he's going to bring as a carbon, all the sheep which Shmuel kept telling him, why do you keep the sheep at that? What happened to the sheep? No, they back and down. Oh, so the Navi doesn't tell us. There's a Chazal that says that there were people who disguised themselves somehow with Kishaf as sheep, and uh, afterwards they, they turned back to Amalekim and ran away, which is why the Devil says that what happened to the sheep? They were still around. And not only that, if in a few months' time, we're going to see towards the end of Sefer Shmuel, um, when David, it's about a year and a half after this, David was in Tziklag, it's a place in Eretz Pishtim, and then he leaves and he comes back and he says that Amalekim came and stole all the women and children as captives. Who did Samalekim? Where did they come from? We're talking a few months after the story when the whole nation was destroyed. And the answer is, those sheep. Those sheep which came people again. They weren't, uh, there were a lot of Amalekim still around. So that was part of the mistake. Okay. Shmuel never saw Shal again until the day he died. Why? He gave up on him. He mourned for him. He had, expect, he had brought Shaul to be a king, and now Shaul had lost that opportunity, uh, so there was nothing more for Shmuel to do for him. And we said it was the agreement was final, and we uh, made it, there was no point, there was nothing more for Shmuel to say, there was no way to retract that. But Hashem had changed his mind about making Shaul the king, and uh, now we're going to see, from this stage onwards, the, the Novi shifts focus to how. Slowly, slowly, Shaul loses his power and loses his kingship, um, which which Hashem was in the process of taking away from him.